Hello and welcome back to my podcast. I am your host David Howey and in today's show we will be discussing how lived experience shapes your ideology, it shapes your understanding of the world and it shapes your general view of how we should move forward as a society. Okay, so we'll split this podcast into three sections. First section will look at my lived experience as a disabled person. The second part will look at my academic career and how that was shaped by my lived experience. And the final part will look at the what I've been doing recently was setting up my own business and working with a colleague from my master's degree. Uh, it came to light recently that he wasn't fully understanding the communications that I was trying to portray in regards to how we were develop the business, and we'll go into that in a lot more detail in the final section. Okay, so anyone who knows me or has been following my podcast or my blogs will know that I was diagnosed with a brain tumour at the age of four. I obviously grown up with the long-term side effects of that brain tumour has resulted in some difficulties to navigate society. Um, obviously the main one would have been education system when I was growing up. Obviously, I had issues retaining certain well, retaining information, uh, and then writing that information back onto paper. Uh, obviously, later years in academic, so later years in high school, I used a laptop, etc., etc., etc. So, obviously, that whole idea of self management is really important. That idea that you as an individual, can be part of society if you can actually use technology and if society allows you to actually be part of the society. Uh, One of the things about my brain tumour is that I can manage it quite well. Uh, I was four, so I've grown up with a lived experience. I've grown up with the side effects, so I know how to deal with them and almost how to cover them. Uh, and I think that is really important for my lived experience. My lived experience has been that I got involved with the third sector in 2010, Devil Creek, and I've been able to develop my personal identity and my professional identity from that lived experience and from working in the third sector. Uh, I think people who and obviously this is my thought pattern here, but people who are diagnosed later or who come to realise later in life that they have to adapt, it's actually harder for them to redesign their own self-management system. Um, So yeah, I I think for me as I am now, which is obviously a master's is graduate maths graduate and obviously having obviously 10 years of a cake in the first sector and 20 years in the private retail sector. No, I've been able to really manage my long term conditions and for the most cases I've been able to hide them. 
Uh, I don't necessarily think that is looking back on it now, the best idea is to actually hide your long-term conditions, hide your pride being different. Uh, I think we all do that. We all hide the fact that we are different in society. Uh, that has resulted in the society we know today, which is pretty much exclusive and we are now facing the consequences of that exclusive hierarchical structure of which we live in. Okay, and that maybe we can transition into my academic career. Uh, of the, my academic career originally started in 2001 when I left high school. Uh, I actually went on and done my HND in Information and Media Technology, which was pretty straightforward. I, mean, I had no issues with that. It was, was what it was. Obviously, at the time, I wasn't volunteering, so it may have actually been a lot easier for me to not bring my own lived experience into my academic thought. Uh, I actually graduated in 2005 with a Bachelor of Science in Multimedia Technology that was from Glasgow Caledonia University. Um, I returned to academia in 2000 and I'm tempted to say 14 with the Open University to do a politics, philosophy and economics degree. Uh, that was due to the fact that I was involved at the time with the SNP. Uh, I was quite actively involved um, and I wanted to use my psychological experience to develop a system where people, people who were disabled at the time, obviously now it's a lot more complex to regards to the different groups who are isolated as others, who have to be included in society, but at the time it was disabled people. And I wanted to use my psycho experience to aid in their inclusion. And I thought of the good, good, a degree in politics, philosophy and economics would help me to actually do that. Uh, as things stand, we are still working towards that goal. Uh, the following, I actually backtracking a little bit here just because I want to sort of explain why I went on to do my master's degree. Uh, I actually spent 2000 and, sorry, summer of 2018 in South Africa with Global Vision International. And obviously over there I was teaching computer skills to women uh, in the Women Empowerment Programme. And the idea there was to give women life skills that they need to actually develop and to develop the township. Because obviously we know predominantly the money that is raised by women are normally spent at the home front or in the hometown, etc. From there, I came back and I finished my last module, which I believe was in in the economy. From there... I transitioned into my master's degree, which was in part, uh, sorry, in social innovation. Uh, of the social innovation, effectively, is business ethics. So we were looking at the business concepts and how businesses are shaped by society, and more importantly, probably how society is shaped. 
by businesses themselves. Um, my experience there was that my marks were based when I didn't have any other experience of the concept. Um, for example, in business ethics class, business ethics, I was able to maintain a high 70s um, and in other debating classes as well where I was debating concepts that I was having to read and learn about, I was able to maintain a very high score. And the ones where I had lived experience, the way I was communicating those concepts were perhaps different from what academia had expected in the past. Uh, academia is very structured. The way of writing academic documents is very structured. And if you don't really fit into that model, then you seem to drop marks as where everything that was said, to my understanding, or to my belief, was correct. Um, however, if it doesn't follow that same structure and that same communication model, you actually do drop marks. Um, I have had worked with colleagues outside the academia who do take that same viewpoint. I will obviously leave them out of this podcast because it's not important. But again, it is really important that the listener gets the idea that lived experiences do actually inform how we communicate with one another, how we see one another, how we understand and react to differences. Um, I think the idea of us and other is really important. You normally get this idea coming from people who are in control of, or to use the word power, people who have power are us, people who don't have power are normally other. However, I think it works in both ways. I think people who have a voice, who are within the isolated groups, do see themselves as us and to see the people who are in power as other. And that, I think that's a very, very interesting concept as we move forward with the, with the business that we're trying to create, which is obviously to introduce diversity, inclusion and belonging into this communities and doing that through the Scottish Government's 20-minute neighbourhood. Okay, so we can now bring us to our last section of the podcast, which is looking at how lived experience can get in the way of communication. And obviously, I at the very start of the podcast, I opened up with the idea that I'm looking to start my own business or social enterprise of some sort. And it was based around the idea of the diversity, inclusion and belonging model, which DIBS, which is obviously looking at through the integration society. And we were going to do we were we are gonna do that around the Scottish Government's twenty minute neighbourhood and 
the idea there was we design businesses within the Twitmont neighbourhood that would aid in the coming together of a community to result in the diversity which is already there. The inclusion would come from people acting together and so obviously with the sense of belonging. So that's where I was going. And in my head, as a first, someone who's been in the first sector, someone who has lived experience of that concept and has grown up with it, it completely made sense. However, when I spoke to my colleague recently, after giving him a 13-page document of the business model and the actual concept behind it, he went to me, okay, now I get it. And the reason he got it was because I included a passage that basically stated that the golden model or the golden rule, which is treat others how you want to be treated, is no longer working. And we have to look towards the platinum rule, which is treat others how they wish to be treated. Uh, obviously in society, the best one you can come up with is uh, the social model of disability. Obviously we have the medical model, which doesn't work. We want to move towards the social model. And... I think when I explained that to my colleague, he went, okay, I get it, I know where you're going. And I think if it takes something as simple as that for someone who has the same academic background with me, almost, to actually go, okay, I understand that terminology because it makes sense as where the first sector terminology probably didn't. No, that was an eye-opener for me that goes, okay, if that's what it takes two of us to understand each other, what does it really take for society to understand each other? And I go into a meeting that I'm having on Wednesday with uh, Inclusion Scotland, and I'm concerned, I'm concerned that an ideology designed by people who are part of the group or position about ideology is exclusive to quite a lot of people. Um, I remember going to tons of meetings which is meant to help people who are refugees or from other groups, ethnic minority groups, and you show up and it's 96% white guys, 4% ethnic minorities, and <laughs> that system doesn't work. So I think we have to design a society which includes other people and actually makes people feel as if they belong to the community and to the society. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, obviously there is no band planned out this week simply because no bands have actually sent in any of their tracks for me to add to the end of the podcast I would just like to obviously thank everyone for listening I there will be a blog post that I will directly attach to this podcast I think it's a concept that I can't really explain in 15 minutes so obviously the podcast Sorry, the blog post will go into a lot more detail than what the podcast has done today. And hopefully the two together can shape a different thinking 
from society and from citizens who make up society. Thank you for listening and goodbye.